Okay, welcome back to the Hoop and the Harm podcast. Uh, I'm Jake, and this is Frank. I guess you can introduce yourself. Stop giggling. We we just talked about this. Um, yeah. So I'm actually. I I thought I was hoping. We talked after last week's episode. We talked. That was like we didn't really know what we were going to talk about for this topic because the games hadn't started yet. Media day hadn't happened yet. Training camp hadn't happened yet. And you were like, "Well, you'll think of something." And I hadn't thought of anything. So I was kind of hoping that this would come through. Uh, but I did not expect yesterday for the my Milwaukee Bucks to trade for Damian Lillard. Didn't uh, see that coming at all. Not wait, even. Wait, wait, why are they your Milwaukee Bucks? I didn't say my, they were mine. Yeah, I did. Said I, my, my I Milwaukee said Bucks. I did not expect to see my Milwaukee Bucks. I, they are not my Milwaukee okay. Bucks. All right, all right okay, sorry, all right. Sorry. Don't try to Freudian slip me. Um, I did. I did not expect to see your. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't expect to see the Milwaukee Bucks trade for him. I really did not. That that's it was very surprising. I'd heard a couple other people kind of get into it and say you know that the Bucks are some dark horse contenders but then they like kind of applied it and they were like well they really like Drew Holiday and they only have one pick really to trade so it was kind of unexpected wasn't on your radar at all I I gotta be honest it was like a four percent chance for me like I I didn't think he was going to Miami anymore I thought but I thought Toronto was more likely um which we talked about last week so I, was this on your radar no no I mean you you freely I thought he was going to Miami Oh yeah, I think I think all of Miami did too. Um, but I I, it, I was at work. I checked my phone on a fifteen minute break. I looked down. I immediately started panicking. Um, just an insane kind of turn of events and completely changes the landscape of this upcoming season. Um, but so so we'll, we'll get into the trade in a second. But what are your initial thoughts like coming off of this? Let twenty four hours since it happened. Uh, I think that I mean. Milwaukee did the right thing, and they, they did a, a really nice job here, and they're playing to win now, which is great. I mean, they obviously mortgage their future. You know, I think in, in five to six years, they're going to be a wreck, wrecking wreck. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, they, so they did it. They went to play, go now. I, I think they caved a little bit to what Giannis was saying, which I don't like. I don't like whiners. I don't, I don't like, you know, I'm not a huge Giannis guy, and I don't like the fact that he's complaining about get me help. Like, you know, I, I – I've been on a court enough times. I hate playing with the most talented guy on the court that's telling me he needs more talent. But if you're the most talented guy on the court and you're looking at me for help, then you, the problem's probably with you, pal. So don't like I, that. I love the implication here that you're comparing yourself to Giannis. No, no, I'm comparing myself to the other guys. I'm saying I know, when, I'm, just... when I'm playing with a guy who has the most talent on the court and he's saying he needs more help, like, that doesn't instill a lot of faith for me in his abilities because he doesn't believe in himself enough. So I, I hate when people – So when you're, do, like, you're comparing yourself to Chris Middleton. Like, when did – yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, 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 I think so. Uh, but but I think, like, you know, like Tom Brady, for example. You don't ever – you never heard him say, hey, I need more wide receivers. He played, like, the worst wide receivers at all throughout yeah, most just of Randy career. Moss. For what a season and a half. I'm just, just either way, example. either way, most of his career he did not have great wide receiver talent around him. Never heard him complain. You don't hear Patty Mahomes complain. You know his wide receivers are guys that are out there on crutches, wrapped in saran wrap and duct tape, and he doesn't <laughs> complain. So I just that, that's at least a bad taste in my mouth. First, uh, but they did it, and good for them. And the, and I hope, I hope now they have a you know they have a legitimate shot at winning another title for for the for the crybaby, which is good. And maybe he won't be considered. A total bust if he gets a second one. I don't know. Uh, I think the well, real hold on. Here, I'm gonna stop. I, I was actually that was gonna be one of the things, regardless of if this trade happened. I want to stop you right there. You seem to think that like Giannis is this like nobody. Like if if they never win another championship, 
he's still an all-time great. He's still a Hall of Famer. Like, he, he was. Mm. he's one of three players to have an MVP, Finals MVP, and Defensive Player of the Year. He, I mean, look, he, he has some deficiencies in his game, certainly. You cannot deny that he is an excellent player. He's in a, one of the best defenders very, in the NBA. Very good, very good player. Very good. I would not say X. I would not. He would not today, without another chip, make my top twenty-five. I'm not saying he's a top twenty-five. I'm just saying no, he's a Hall of Famer. He's an all-time great. He is an all-time great. Well, numbers, there's a there's a the, list of seventy greatest seventy-five. They just came out with. I don't know that the 29th best NBA player in the history of the of the league is an all-time great. Out of the eighty-seven thousand that have played yeah. in the history of the league, yeah, all-time greats are guys like. You know, Magic and Bill Russell and Jordan and LeBron. Those and are he's done greats. stuff that Jordan and Hakeem have only done. You don't think that puts him in that conversation? Mm, Even no. if it's all right. Well, no, all right. No, but Giannis they, but, is nowhere near in that conversation. What are you talking about? With with Jordan and and Hakeem? No, no, no. He, he, he's a Hall of Famer. But finish your point. May, may we'll see. As of today, if his career stopped right now, would he be a Hall of Famer? Well, I hope not. I hope I hope not. Um, but I think the real winner here is is Phoenix. I think Phoenix comes out of this with the the best overall position from where they were yesterday at this time to where they are today. I think Phoenix is the winner. Do, do you remember last season when we were like just, like just doing this for fun, and you were like as opposed to now? Well, yeah. Wait, paid? we have four we have four listeners okay. now, um, and you were like, you know, we we do work pretty well together, and I was like, yeah, I agree. Why why is that? And you were like, well. You have like the really analytical takes, and I just say the crazy thing that gets people excited. I don't recall saying that. But well, that is I don't what think you said. What I say is crazy. I think what, what I you just is said is crazy. No, Phoenix is a sneaky winner in this thing, man. Absolutely, absolutely, they are. How are they not? Just, just, just trade. And I, I know, I know you're an Aiton guy, but just getting rid of DeAndre Aiton and bringing in Nurkic. That's you cannot tell me. Yusuf Nurkic is a better player than DeAndre Ayton. He is going to do things Ayton would not do in that paint. He's what play be, six games? He's gonna. He, I'm telling you. Let's he makes here, him if you want to get into the, we'll, we'll, if you want to get into the Phoenix fit, fit now, uh, he has played over the last four seasons. I didn't know we were bringing notes to the show. You I saw me taking notes. Yeah. You well, saw. But I didn't I know gave we were you, writing. I gave you all of the topics. Wait, it's a little bit unfair if you ask me, but go ahead. Yeah, like when you come in with notes, eight. Eight games, 37 games, 56 games, and 52 games the last four seasons. Okay. All right. I'm not, I didn't do the averages. It's not great. Now, granted, the eight games is when he broke his leg, and before that he was averaging like 72 games. He he is not – He just he's not a consistent, durable player anymore. He's just not. And the idea that he's better at defense than DeAndre Ayton – like DeAndre Ayton this last season did not have a great defensive season. The idea that Nurkic is a better defensive center than DeAndre Ayton – is straight up laughable. All right, I don't know that I would, because well, you know, you young kids, you think the block is like a, a beautiful, you know, artful thing and super intense. Aiden probably gets more blocks, but just mucking up the paint is a big deal in the NBA. It's a big. The guy takes up way more space. His arm span's less than DeAndre Aiden's. I'm, I'm talking. What what is his shoulder span? Look at the two guys together. I all right. I just I think I think he's really going to help Phoenix, and I think they get a lot of depth. Um, which is what they needed. They need they need some help to ca- carry them through the regular season to keep you know Durant, Bradley Beal a little bit more healthy. Uh, yeah, they got a guy who played fifty two games last season. Well, they didn't just get him, but I'm saying okay. Got- so so well, I guess we're getting into the fit now. Nasir Little and Grayson Allen is not like a great 
fit either. Like this, like Grayson Allen's fine. Like he, I think Grayson Allen's a good pickup for them. I think he's the best pickup, certainly of that group. I think he's a better pickup than Nurkic. The dude can shoot, and he, in the regular season at least, he can defend. Now, when they get to the playoffs, you know he's going to get eaten alive. Players like Luca, you know, big wings, like they, they're going to destroy Grayson Allen. Like ev- like every year in the playoffs, teams see him as a target, and rightfully so. But in the regular season, he defends hard. Um, as long as he doesn't get you know switched on to anyone bigger than six five, he he can actually do his job. But Nasir Little, like that, he was like the eighth or ninth guy on Portland's bench, and Portland did not have a strong team the last three years. Okay. So I mean, like we're talking about one backup point guard who's going to get fifteen spot minutes a game, and a guy who can't stay on the court and is not a defensive player, and certainly has no offense to like no offensive like roof to his game. And what did they give up to get that? An underrated center. I, I don't I, I I think Aiden is better than you are rating him, okay. to be quite honest. I I, I, I Are the Suns I, better today than they were yesterday? I say no. No. I say you think no. they're worse today? I think they're worse today. Okay. I, I completely one hundred percent disagree with that. Well that would be normal for us. Okay. Yeah. So go ahead. What else you got? So so I do so Miami was I've seen a lot of stuff like a lot of reporters and a lot of Miami fans like they say that their trade was 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 significantly better um, than the the deal that actually got through. They're very upset about this. We can get into that a little bit later. Um, but so I did want to go over the actual trade just for for transparency sakes, and then we can discuss whether yeah, might have been a good place to start. Go ahead. <laughs> well, so I might have got us tra- off track there. I apologize. Um, I'm excited. This it is a big. Wasn't my fault. Go ahead. Uh, uh, Go to the trade. What's the trade? Go ahead. So the Heat's offer, they, they had, I think, eight assets that they were, that they are now saying they were willing to give up. They said, th- this was not the offer that was widely reported throughout the summer, but this was the offer that they are now saying. I'm going to take some notes, too. Go ahead. Yeah, well, it would be just like you to wait until the pod is going. Go ahead. Tyler Harrow, probably going to a third team. Uh, a first in 2020. <laughs> right, Let me just I'm, give you a pen. All right. Here. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, hero. Uh, so the hero, a first, first round pick uh, in 2028, a first round pick in 2030, uh, one of Nikola Jovic or Jaime Jaquez Jr., uh, and then, you know, Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson, and then possibly two swaps. I haven't been able to confirm that. There's a lot of if you know movement around, but possibly two swaps. Okay. Um, Mark Spears reports that the full offer that the Heat got. Now, again, there was a lot of confusion, but the full, the the, the most complete offer they confirmed with Miami Heat was Tyler Harrow and two firsts. Okay. That's it. That was the last call that, that the Heat made. Okay. Um, so that, that's, that was the Heat's offer. The Blazers ended up getting DeAndre Ayton, uh, Tumani Kamara, who's some guy from Belgium. He was on the Suns. I've never heard of this guy ever. Yes, yeah, so you, you forgot about Tumani. That's who else they gave up. Yeah. Some guy you never heard of. I just thought it would okay. be funny to add that in there. Okay. Uh, Drew Holiday... And then the Bucks 2029 pick, the Bucks, and then two swaps in 2028 and 2030. And you just said, like, in seven years, they're, they're going to be a disaster. So yeah. those are actually pretty valuable. Um, uh, the Suns then got Grayson Allen, Keon Johnson from the Blazers, and Sear Little from the Blazers, and Yusuf Nurkic. And then the Bucks obviously got Dane Lillard. Um, so, so, did you th- so just looking at the Blazers' haul there, yeah. DeAndre Ayton, the guy I never heard of, sorry, Tumani, Drew Holiday, and then essentially a pick and, and two swaps. Is that better than Harrow, two picks, and then whatever combination of the young guys you want to get? Uh, I, so, I think... If you're the Blazers, are you, are you which one are you taking, essentially? Uh, I am uh, 100% taking the trades they got over Hero and two picks. Okay. For sure, yeah. 
Yeah, Hero, I think, is a little brittle. I think, um, you know, he's obviously streaky because you're basically relying on the shooting ability. That's that's what he brings is, is the three ball. So I I would uh, I think that that uh, it's Joe Cronin, right? Yeah, yeah, Joe I, Cronin. I, yeah, yeah, I think I think Cronin did right by waiting. I think he was under a lot of pressure. Um, he also, um, you know, sh- ships or, or or get you know he. I think when when you're look when you're looking at at making you know making the trade like where where's the landing spot you know is it is it east or is it west I think that actually makes a big difference and uh, and he you know he shipped him east and as opposed to um, you know which I guess he would have done with Miami either also but, yeah I think but, all of the the real people trying yeah, to trade from yeah. the east but but I think that's a factor uh, just those two trades together I think you know just hero and two picks definitely not. It's definitely way below what they got. If you mm-hmm. do hero in those two picks and a couple other guys, I, I still think he got a better deal doing doing what he did. Yeah, I, I'm I'm inclined to agree with you. I, I think the Miami like Miami tends from, from I mean I'm not like some study of, of different you know cities fans, but Miami seems to be particularly like self biased. Like I feel like whenever I talk to people from Denver about or like Denver fans, like they're like, hey man, like we're we won the championship, but here's some deficiencies next season. Like I feel like Miami is particularly prone to being a little bit overreactive. So I think that the the Miami fan base is a little bit off base with the idea that this trade is like leaps they they're acting like it was like the best and it's it's pretty clearly to me not. Um so I mean, so we we'll say the picks are well, I mean I guess there is an extra pick in there, right? Cuz all they're going to they only got one pick. Yeah, with one pick and two swaps two. with with this one they're getting two picks and one swap. Yeah, see, I think I think, I think the pick thing is hard in the NBA because, you know, it's, it's just the hardest sport to draft. So hard to yeah. draft in. I do, I think picks, like, first round picks have been getting highly over, overrated the last few years. Like, you, you see these guys, like, like when the Rudy Gobert trade went through, and let's be clear, that was a disaster. Minnesota never should have done it. But when that went through, they were, like, acting like, you know, they got, look at Utah, they got all these picks. And to me, like, the, the, the idea that if you get enough first round picks, eventually you'll get, like, a championship team, like, that has not borne out throughout history. Like, I just think, I think player like picks are still valuable, but I think the NBA, I say not working in the, as a GM in the NBA, but I think NBA GMs kind of overvalue them. But I mean, there there is maybe, I don't know, even if they're getting all eight of these assets: Harrow, Lowry, Robinson, Jovic, Pikez, two picks and two swaps. Like I still don't know, if because what does that do? I mean, maybe Jovic is good, maybe Pikez is good, but you know what you're getting with Harrow. It's probably you, you already have three small guards. We, we just talked about why picks aren't an incredible, you know, option in the NBA. I, I, I just don't know that this is better than moving Drew Holiday, getting a new starting center that you, from scratch, and a potentially really good swap. I know I just talked about how picks weren't. I, I, I just yeah, I, I don't know. If you throw in all those players, though, with two, with two picks instead of one, you know, that might be better. Yeah, I, I guess all eight. If if we're getting all the assets as the if I'm the Blazers now you 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 know I'm getting the Bucks offer which was what they got and then the Heat offer which is you get four players and two picks like that that does make my stomach rumble a little bit but yeah. that's but the Heat never offered that apparently like they well then that yeah you know they were willing to offer it is what they're reporting but did they like that's very different from calling up Joe Cronin and saying hey we have all this stuff like they could be willing to offer Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo but if the the Blazers are never made aware of it it doesn't matter right sure. um. Yeah, so I think we're in agreement there that, that that was kind of a, the the, the Bucks. I, no way to tell if we don't really know what the offers were. You know, that's yeah. the thing. I'm just saying, given 
again, like, that's the thing with trades. Like, you can say, you know, every single day of the week that, you know, what you think they were going to offer, and that's fine. But you're right, we'll we'll never know. I'm just going based off of the very limited information. Yeah, and that's the the biggest thing with trades in any sport. You know, when people say, well, I'll trade this guy for this guy. I mean, you know, it's a lot harder when you're – because you don't know what – what those guys are going like you know you it's all it, people always think their player their assets are more valuable than other assets and so it's yeah that's why they have them on their team yeah, first it's very place. difficult to come to terms on what is a fair trade because both parties want to they want to win they want to screw the other guy yeah yeah yeah, yeah i would agree with that yeah I, w- I just thought that was an interesting exercise because miami like i i just all uh, yesterday i'm going through all the tweets i'm talking to some of my my people from Miami, they're all telling me, you know, th- this is th- they got fleeced. They should have gone our, gone with our offer, and that just seemed very out of touch with reality to me. Um, we, we we will talk more at the end of this podcast about how out of touch Miami fans are about this trade. Not just in general. I'm not just like dumping on Miami. I think they're a great fan base. I'm just saying with this trade in particular. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit about how this changes the the NBA. Now we're talking about the the fits. Um, do you so do you want to start with the Miami or uh, Milwaukee, Portland or, or Phoenix? How how the new players fit? Oh, I, think, I think we've kind of touched on Phoenix. The uh, yeah. I, I don't know if I have anything else for that. Um, they're just kind of trading for depth. I guess the only thing that I do like about the Phoenix thing is that they they fixed. If it is true that it's being reported that that D book and Kevin Durant hated DeAndre Ayton that much, then I do think this is good for them. I just still don't think this marks their talent up. But if if they're solving the chemistry problem, I, I guess I guess that makes sense to me. But you're right. I mean, I'm probably more pro DeAndre Ayton than, than the average NBA fan. I now have Phoenix coming out of the West, so there you go. Did, did, over wait, did you always have them? No, you had Denver and Golden State. Yeah. Okay. Not anymore. So you, you you're still putting now. Now you're putting Denver's you, third. Whoa! All right, that's yeah. All right, it, it's interesting. Phoenix is the top contender now. I think they were always contenders. I mean, that it's just if <laughs> they get the top though. Uh, well, all right, but I mean, you were riding hard for Golden State, not anymore. No, well, I mean, I think they'll still be in the in the finals, the Western Conference Finals. But they'll just get beat out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think now if you, you know if you make Durant happy, wow. which which they've done, then that and if he can just get his head together a little bit and not get injured, ah, he'll be fine. Yeah, we haven't said that for two seasons in a row. He'll be fine. Um, I do. I will. I'll, I'll leave the Drew stuff till, till later. I, I was going to get into that because the Golden State topic, but, but I do want to talk about uh, Milwaukee and then um, Milwaukee and, and Phoenix or uh, Portland. Sorry, you, you want, let's start with Portland so we can okay. finish with, with the. Nobody Bucks. cares about Portland. Right? Can I just get like two minutes? Sure. I, I took notes. All right, I want to talk. Good. You're not going to say anything. Here. No. I think I think Drew provides a, like I think that's a good pickup. He, he can't be traded now because the trade's official. Um, as long as him and. Dame passed their physicals, but he, once he gets past that two month option and he can be traded uh, in December, I think that he provides some pretty good optionality. Um, they can keep him till the the trade deadline and then decide whether or not to trade him, use him as a vet in the, in the locker room to kind of develop Scoot and the other guys. Um, they can do both, like, I, and he'll still get a pretty good haul. I mean, he he's gonna get at least one pick, maybe more in a player, because um, Drew's a really good player and a lot of teams want him. Um, and then they got like you know. Basically, I'll call them like two picks because swaps are like a half a pick each, um, and they're pretty. They're they're going to be probably good picks. Um, and then I again, I like Aiton. I don't think he's ever going to be like Hakeem or like Dwight or anything, but he he's definitely not like, you know, Plumley. Um, yeah, I think I think they're going to be. Like, if nothing else, they'll be fast and exciting this season. Okay. Nobody cares about Portland. I care about Portland. People barely cared when they had Dame. Now nobody cares. 
I, I disagree with you, and I think Portland would be pretty upset, but we don't have any listeners from outside Pittsburgh, so. Yeah. Feel free to call in and tell me I'm wrong, but nobody cares about You wait. I'm g- next week, I'm going to bring in someone from Portland. Good luck. Okay. All right, let's talk about the Bucks. Okay. All right. Um, do you have what, you want to start, or do you want me to go? And, no, go ahead. All right, so we talked about this a little bit off the pod last night. Like it, you, it, it catapults them into to contenders. Sure does. Um, like the Bucks' offense is going to be ridiculous. Giannis has never had a guy that can shoot like that and move the ball that quickly as a ball handler ever in his career. Okay. Um, the pick and roll is going to be insane. They they've got some really exciting optionality with how they can run their offense now, especially with with uh, their new coach. They like just. The very basic, like, Dame Giannis pick-and-roll is going to be, I, I will bet right now that is the most efficient pick-and-roll. Like, they will take that handle from Embiid and Harden. Like, they are going to be the best pick-and-roll combo in the league next year. Because him shooting that three and Giannis rolling in the rim is going to be insane. They can do Spain pick-and-rolls. They can do double pick-and-rolls on one side of the floor with Dame and Giannis, and then Chris and Brooke doing it on the other side. That Like, it's going to be just absolutely lethal. When those two and the like that starting five is on the floor, um, I, I they and we we haven't even talked about like they have Dame and now they also on the bench they have Malik Beasley, um, like that's more regular season you can't play him in the playoffs because he's a piece of tissue paper defensively but I mean this offense like Dame by himself was a top five like offense basically in the NBA 2018-19 they were third next year they were third year after that the year that Giannis won the chip they were second. And then when he the two years he was hurt and he wasn't playing, they were twenty seven and eighteenth. And that to me just like just shows how like bad they were without him, how good he is by himself. The Bucks, I actually were surprised because you always hear like the Bucks half court offense they can't do anything. They were actually pretty good the last the last five seasons. They were fourth, eighth, sixth, third, and then last year they were twelfth. Um, but then I looked into like actually in the playoffs and in the playoffs their offense falls off a cliff. Um, and I don't think that's all attributed to Drew. They've never like the Bucks have never been a great half court offense team. Um, but I, I like they're primarily like a defense and transition offense team. They they've never had they have never had a guy this good running their half court offense. And I think that they're gonna be surprised at how easy it's gonna go. Okay. I'm gonna take back what I said last night. I think we need to pump the brakes a little bit and see how this works out because you just never know how two people gel like that. So we'll see. Certainly, I mean yeah, but I'm the, it, just in a vacuum, the offense should be good, no? I, on paper, yeah. But, you know, you thought the Dallas Mavericks on paper were going to be awesome offensively last year when they shipped Kyrie down there. And I did not think that. that you didn't Actually, think they were be no, good to be fair, they were great offensively last year. The, like, they were awesome offensively. They put up, like, regularly, like, 140 games. The defense was the problem. Him, Luka has the option to be a good defender. He just doesn't choose to be. And Kyrie can't, like... I, I don't he's fast enough and has high like they, anyway I'm not gonna get off on the team yeah. there they they offensively they were incredible last year it was the defense that was a problem I don't know if I call them incredible but okay I mean they were I think like, they struggled offensively personally but that's just me I okay I mean you can say that but they were putting up like 140 point games like every other game what they average I don't out for the next show we'll see okay we'll, we'll all right let, let, let me make a note here I've got to figure out all right hold on but okay so so Bucks offense comments. Uh, yeah, that's, I think we're going to pump the brakes a little bit here and see if they actually gel. You know, Giannis is so athletically gifted, but as we've pointed out many times on this, uh, we've talked through before with him, it's he's not a hooper. And so we'll, we'll see how that goes. You know, Dane's been hooping his whole life. You know, those pick and rolls you're talking about that are going to look dreamy. 
you know, we'll see if he can catch him and finish. I don't know. We'll see if he can get open, what he runs into. It's a, it's a big difference. If so. he can catch him and finish with Eric Bledsoe, you don't think he can do it with... I'm just saying, let's just pump the brakes here. That's all I'm saying. Listen. Uh, uh, let's just tap, 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 tap. Okay? Let's just take a breath. Hasn't even been 24 hours. Let's just let's just see how things go. I, I will not say that it's going to be... It, it, it could be clunky. I mean, it's always difficult to add a guy, yeah. especially when they're, they're both that offensive. And I don't think, like, you see all these, like, crazy stats where it's like, you know, Dame averaged 31.2 points per game and Giannis averaged 30.1. Like, they're, you know, now we have the two best scores in the last five years. Because I think Giannis has the most points per game over the last five years and Dame has the most points per game as a guard over the last five years. Um, I don't think both of those guys are averaging 30 on the same team. Like, I play with one rock. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was like it's like the classic problem with the you know any super team, and I do think we can call this a super team. Um, like I, I just, I, I, I think they'll figure it out. I mean, Giannis, you, he maybe he's not a hooper, but I mean, it's pick and roll is pretty simple. Like, if I can get it, I think Giannis could figure it out. Right. Um, so I did just look it up. Uh, this was one game, but. Uh, Doncic and Irving together were 26.2, which is in the 100th percentile. Uh, and they posted a 131 offensive rating. So you just presented scientific evidence that was based on one game. I'm doing this on the fly. And well, it's, let's get to the next. I said we'll do it next time. Let's get to I was trying. I'm trying to be like the real podcast host. You're All presenting right. one game to us? That's that's your... I'm going to look it up. I'm just, Honor, I'm just if getting, I may, that's ludicrous. Uh, please throw that out. That's a one game offering of evidence is... I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. Go ahead. I can't believe I have to say this two episodes in a row, but this is not a, like a court of law. There's no legal reference. Bringing evidence that's based on one game in a 72-game season, there's not a court of law in the United States that would accept this evidence. Okay. When, when I come in, next, I want an official apology next episode where I come in with the offensive rating, and it's incredible. Good luck with that. All right. Uh, yeah, getting you to apologize. Uh, I, so we talked about the offense. The other side of the ball – Defense. That is where, honestly where I'm more concerned about. This is where I think the, the them working together could be, maybe not a crisis, but may, I think it's going to be more difficult than people have considered. Brooke is definitely the rim protector. That's fine. He's good at that. But again, he's like 38, whatever now. Like he's old. You know, there's always the risk that he's more back problems. Giannis is obviously like the weak side roamer. That's has been been his role forever. He's good at that. He, he he's really really good at being kind of a, a plug the hole defender, and he's a walking you know, two blocks a game guy. But we now, with Drew being gone, they have no one to guard any of the wings that the other team has or the, like, point of attack guard. It can't be Dame, because Dame is, as good as he is offensively, is not great defensively. And he, de- like, if you switch Drew Holiday onto, like, a big man or, like, a, some big powerful wing like Kawhi, like, he'll be able to at least make their lives difficult. You might not stop him, but you're not, like, crying and sweating on the bench as their coach when Dame, or when, when Drew gets switched. When Dame gets switched on anybody, I'm concerned. <laughs> like he, he's a smart guy, he's high high IQ, but he like he's not a defender. Yeah. Uh, so, That's so what I'm saying pump the brakes. Go ahead. You're talking offensively. So so both. Both. All right. Well, we agree on the defensive side of the ball. Like I think that could be really really bad. Like uh, by the way, I just looked this up. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks won game last year, scored 99 points. What year? Or uh, what 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 date was that? Uh, I don't know exactly, but I'm just saying. Oh, here's one 98 points. January 22nd. So before the trade deadline. So not when, when they got When was he traded? What's the date? I think it's like February 10th. Oh, here's 90 points. Boy, that offense is humming. Yeah, again, that's probably from before the trade. 
Oh, I was going the wrong way. That's <laughs> yeah. I was going backwards. All right. Uh, do you have any other? Do you have any other uh, Bucks comments? No. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be exciting. It's definitely. It, it's certainly a, a super team. We'll Eighty-eight see. points on March thirteenth. Did they play? Because remember, he was injured. Did both of them play? Well, how, what are the five or six games that they played? He, he didn't start. He didn't get there until February, and then he was hurt. I mean, how many games did he play? Your point, your point was that they were not that good offensively together, and I said that's not true. So if so, you're gonna, but well, how many games did he play with them? I think they played nineteen games. Nineteen? They oh, bo- okay. Go ahead. Let's let's move on. Quit yelling at me. All right. After your research into one statistical game at a time. We're going to go through all 82. You started that. I'm not going to deny that. Uh, the other thing I'm really kind of interested in is, obviously Drew is not going to is not going to stay um, with, the, with the Portland Trailblazers for much longer. Um, where I, I asked you to come up with some teams. Where do you think he's going to end up going? I came up with no teams. I think he's going to stay. Forever? Well, he's already, I mean, he's 33. How many more years is he going to play? Probably at least yeah. two, two yeah. to five. I don't think he gets traded. I think he stays there. All right. Yeah, staying with Portland was one of, was on my list, but I still think that's like not a permanent thing. I think eventually he gets moved. Um, the other teams were Sixers, Knicks, Chicago, and Clippers. And basically, the thing is that all those teams need a ball handler who can defend on the perimeter. Um, I think especially the sh- Chicago and the LA Clippers need that. Um, he's nice insurance for the Sixers and the Knicks. Like because Jalen Brunson is like not really a great defender i think that he could plug some holes but you already have like uh, uh quentin grimes so so i don't know you know those those are the teams uh toronto miami boston have all been kind of posited as other teams where he goes orlando for some reason fans are like we we want him here i don't see that does not match their timeline orlando still is an NBA team? yes they do and they're oh. going to be better than usual Who this year thought? i know right um yeah uh and then golden state was also in the mix i don't see that at all okay. um do you have any thoughts on that? No. Okay. I'm um, talking about things when they happen. Oh, you're no fun. That's like half the NBA. Um, all right. So I d- the the last thing I want to talk about because because we got to go soon. This was an emergency pod. Um, what? I, I'm sure you're going to disagree with me here. Yep. But what a spectacular fumble by the Miami Heat. Ah. Uh, eh. Yeah, no, I yeah I will disagree with that. Yeah, yeah I don't know if I'd call it a spectacular fumble. I mean, again, you know, you're trying to win every trade. You, you know, you, it's tough to give up assets. Now, I will say they, you know, because of w- what they did, you know, they, they they were barely like they overachieved two years yeah, in a row. Yeah, yeah. And then they got a little bit worse. So they took a highly overachieving team and made it worse. And um, so so now it's a real problem. They're definitely going to be in a rebuild year or two or maybe three. But, again, you know, you start le- uh, mortgaging your future with giving up draft picks. You know, you, you give up some young talent on an already thin team. I don't have a problem with standing Pat. I really don't. It's not Is like, that a joke because Pat Riley is the – No, no, pun unintended. Okay. Uh, I, I, let, me, let me say it like this. Here, here's, here's what I'll say about that. With Dame Lillard is – are the Miami Heat a championship-level team? No. So why would you make that move if you're not going to win? Like, you make moves to win chips. That's what you do. And I don't think he – he makes them a lot better. But can he get out of the East? Can he beat Boston? Probably not. 
Can you beat Milwaukee even without this, you know, with, with, with what they had before the trade? Probably not. I mean, they can you beat, they the beat both of those teams last year. Yeah, but, but, but again, in a very overachieving team that is now depleted because they got rid yeah, of a yeah. couple of guys. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I love Jimmy Buckets. That's the other thing. So now you got two guards. You know, what are you going to do? What do you mean? They're both guards. Jimmy Buckets? Yeah. That guy's a forward. Don't. He's a guard. Jimmy he's a Buckets forward. is a guard. He is a forward. Okay. He runs the offense pretty much for them. I, not a, kind of, and in clutch moments for sure, but he's not yeah. the primary ball handler on that team. Yeah, I, I think he's a guard. But All right, I mean, it's, it, you know, tomato, tomato. I think him and, I think him and Dane would not, not mesh well together, is my point. So. I, I don't, I, well, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda, it doesn't matter now. I, 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 the rebuild thing, I guess, I don't think Miami Heat under Pat Riley ever rebuild. Um, I do think Spo is, like, super excited to go find some guy who played for BYU for seven years who, who has never touched an NBA floor and turn him into a guy who looks like prime John Stockton. Right. Um, you know, they're going to find some G League guy and, like, turn him into Michael Jordan. Um, but I, I, to me, this is... You're saying, you know, are they a championship team? Maybe not, but are they better than they are now? By far. And they've lost Gabe Vincent, Max Strews. That's their starting backcourt. They're one and two. They're starting one and two are gone, and they yeah. got nothing in return. That's only worth it if you get a superstar back. And they had a superstar at borderline begging to be sent to Miami. And they decided to get cute. They decided to get a little bit funky and try and be like, you know, grind their their enemies into the ground and they lost him and not only did they lose him they are now significantly worse off because of it and the other contender in their conference is significantly better and i like i just think this idea that they need to stand pat and they need to keep you know that you know we're, we're a really good team we're going to keep trying we're going to get that guy somewhere like i think at some point if your team is this like here's how i look at it the the bam and jimmy core has made two finals They've gotten a first seed, and they've got, well, gone to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's first seed, East Conference Finals, two finals. They've done that. They are, every year it seems, right on the hump. They're right on the cusp of winning a championship, and they haven't done it yet. They're so close. They need that last guy. And they had an opportunity to get it, and they lost it. And not only have they lost it once, they have been close for several times now. For the last three years, let's just go over who they've lost. They've lost Giannis, couldn't get him the first time. They tried to get Donovan Mitchell. They couldn't get Donovan Mitchell. They had a crack at Durant. Durant's one of like his his requested teams was Miami. They couldn't do that. Now they couldn't get Dame, and now because of not getting Dame, they're probably not going to get Giannis if he decides to leave his contract because he probably won't now because he has that team. I I just think you you have the potential to get Giannis once, Mitchell, Durant, Dame. They I forgot one. They forgot they had a chance to get Beal. They couldn't get Beal, and then now they've lost Giannis again. That's a ridiculous amount of talent. To have a chance to get and not be able to get. Well, I, I I'm gonna go back and disagree with you. you said well, they got cute and lost Dame. I don't think that's what happened here. When we you what you said earlier, they made a really good offer. You know, if we're talking about the two offers being this close together, then it wasn't that they got cute and tried to you know. I don't think they were that close together. I the thought we both offer. said that. The, I thought that we both said those offers were were not that far apart. I'm saying if they get all eight of those assets, there is no even, evidence. Even Hero and the two picks. I don't think that's close. It's not that far away. It's still two picks versus one. Like, those swap picks are meaningless to me. Okay, well, then Miami should have offered an extra swap pip in Jovic. Because Jovic, to me, doesn't, like, like, all they wanted was two young guys, 
Harrow, and a, and a pick. Like, that was what Dame was, or the Cronin was basically saying. And Pat Riley basically never called him back after that initial offer. And, and that's the other thing, too. If, if you're Joe Cronin and you know that Dame wants to go to Miami, and you know that Miami knows that Dame wants to go to Miami, then you know that they're you're going to try to get them to offer you as way more than, than would be market. And I think Miami did a good job of not overpaying for him. Like they're they're in to, to, they're in a weak position there. You know the player wants to go there, and you know that the player the player's current team management wants that, that he wants to go there. You're gonna offer. You're gonna be forced to offer more to get. You know your fan base wants them. I think they did a good job of standing pat in this particular case. Now there's other trades I can't talk about, but I don't have a problem with them not giving up too much to get a player that was gonna take a pretty good team and make it just a little bit better. Well, I'm sure they'll feel very very good being. An eighth seed again, and in, look again. My Miami Heat seem to be like scra- scrap their way into like a deep playoff run every year. But okay, I think, flip, flip side of that coin, if the Bucks don't win a chip, did they lose this trade? Oh yeah, no, it's a disaster. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm listen. The Bucks don't get a free hand out of this. Yeah. I'm yeah. just saying they like the again the inf- I'm, I'm an information guy. Like in this case, we have to go off the information we have. The Heat lost. Like they, th- this is a disaster to me. The, I just named all those guys they've been trying to get, and we've seen a steady drain of resources out of there. They just cannot seem to get the guy. And at this point, like, it, it, it it's it, put up or shut up. Like J- Jimmy and like Jimmy looks pissed. Like it, it's it's got to at some point you have to get the third guy and go and try and win a chip. You can't have Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and sixteen guys who have never played in the finals before and try to go win something. Well, it sounds like they're trying. What do they? What, I'm, I mean, may, that's a that's not a horrible offer. It may have been less than what the Bucks actually got or what Portland actually got, but I don't think that's a terrible offer. I, I don't think they were negotiating from position weakness. I think I two think... two first round picks and a starting NBA player for any one guy is a pretty fair offer. Save you know the handful of guys you know. I know you love Giannis, Giannis, Steph. Like you're not going to get you're not going to trade those guys for for that for that level, but. When you get down below that very top tier, which is probably five or six players, once you get below that, I think a, pl- a starting NBA player and two picks is more than fair. Yeah, well, I think they uh, they had they had a, a guy asking to come there. They knew there was no one on the market. They had months to, to, to change their offer. Well, that's and they the never thing, did. though. Like you, if Cronin knows that too, you can't I, you can't do I, that. I think I don't think that's a position of weakness to me. Oh, I, I disagree. Mm-hmm. Because this is what happened. It's a position of, of, of strength if he has very limited options. But he could trade Dame to anyone. You know, there's 30 other te- odd other teams out there that could that could offer for him. So that's a – Portland was in the position of strength. I disagree. Well, maybe but, that's why we're sitting here instead of talking in an NBA boardroom right now. I think there's a lot of reasons, and I don't think the fact that we disagree is even top 50. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's, that's the – Basically everything I had to talk about. Um, the only other thing, and then then I'll, we'll we'll get out of here. Um, I do think it is objectively hilarious that for an entire summer I had to listen to Miami Heat fans talk about you know Dame is an All Star player. He was loyal to, to to Portland all his career. He should be allowed to go wherever he wants to go. And if you don't think that he should be allowed to go where he wants to go, then then you're you know you're a bad person. And then he changed his mind on going to Miami and signed off on the Milwaukee trade. And now they're saying that he stabbed him in the back. That that to me is just poetic justice. I, that, that, I just you like that. I don't know if I like it because it, it does leave a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. But they, they like 
there was a lot of very self-assured people writing. Like, Dan Lebetard was convinced that they were going to Miami, and that Dame was going to Miami, uh, and said that he should be allowed to go wherever he chooses, and now it's an unmitigated disaster in his eyes. And like, and I like Dan Lebetard a lot, but too. but yeah. I, I just think it's it's kind of interesting that how the, the coin flips. Got it. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's uh, definitely a, an NBA landscape-changing trade, sure. even, even if the, the Bucks don't win. It uh, changes course of history so um yeah you got anything else that's it all right well we're gonna go do some trivia shout out damian lillard on uh getting on a contender and uh see you guys next week